Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You used to sing a song here. The devil's in the phone booth dialing 911. <clears throat> I think you are running crazy. Amen. I think you are driving the devil crazy. Amen. Ain't got time for you, devil. Amen. We sit around and think devil thoughts. We think devil thoughts about people we love and about the people trying to help us in life and all that. And we just give him more time than, than he's earned in our life. Amen? Amen. All right, let's turn over to Genesis chapter 3. I want to minister to you for a few moments this morning. I uh, It's been on my heart for some time and I had a service here a couple of Sundays ago and people were really touched and, and uh, the Holy Spirit just really manifested Himself through uh, deliverance and touching lives and ministering. And, you know, you sometimes you wonder, not, not to say anything uh, that would make you have a, a thought in one way or the other about the person that gets prayed for, but sometimes we wonder... Uh, you might wonder, where does that come from? Where, where, where has this depression that I've been fighting so hard come from? Where does this trouble that's being in my life now, where is that coming from? And, and of course, we all know the, the, the author of it is the devil. We all know that. But a lot of times, the, how many of you, the Bible says that we don't war after flesh and blood. But how many of you know that the devil uses flesh and blood? That he uses people to, to attack you. If our attacks were just merely spiritual, that then, then you know, the, the attacks that we have, we could, we could handle very easily. But then we have to deal with more than one source there because the devil uses people to attack you and, and say things to you and... Uh, and cause you to have these problems in your life. And most of the time, most of the time, are you listening? It's a family member. The Bible, well, the Bible didn't say this. I, just, I said it. Amen. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The, you have a family. God gives you a family to prepare you for your enemy. You want to say it again? Yeah. God gives you a family to prepare you for your enemy. Amen. Well, you know, the family is a, is a force wherein uh, his members do good to one another without conditions. Let me say it again. The family is a force wherein his members do good to one another without conditions. So the, the two most powerful forces on earth are number one, love. Number two, selfishness. See, the family is to be built on the foundation of the love of God. And the institution of the family cannot exist successfully on a foundation of selfishness. It won't ever work. I mean, there's a, how many of you, don't raise your hand, don't say nothing, just sit there like you always sit there and, and, and listen to what I'm saying. But how many of you has ever had that one selfish person in the family? Don't say amen, just, just, just look at me, amen. That one selfish person in the family, now this would really, really be something if there's only two of you in that family and you're sitting here this morning. <laughs> So, so be careful with this. There's only, but there's always one that cries, always one that uh, accuses, one that always is, is wanting to be the first and wanting to be ahead, wanting to have their way over and above everybody else's way. But, but 
And see, that, that's in line with the selfishness that we're dealing with. The, the God's love is the foundation for every successful promise that He has made in His Word. Now see, the Bible says, love worketh faith. Even to have faith operate in our life, we have to operate with the love of God in, in, in pushing ourselves into the faith realm to receive what we need from God. I mean, you can be saying, you can say this, I'm going to receive uh, uh, the Holy Spirit by, uh, by the Word of God. I'm going to receive it by faith. I'm going to receive it by faith. Well, the, the main hindrance there to keep you from is the lack of the agape kind of love in your life. Why do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? Yeah, amen. Why? <clears throat> Why do you want to receive the blessings of God? Why do you want to receive any, that, the thing that you're praying for the, what's going to move you in that direction is the love of God in the operation of that thing that you're praying for. See, agape love is the God kind of love. That's the way God loves. And, and that kind of love will resolve any family problems that you have. Now think about this for a minute now. Carnal, emotional love comes with conditions. Carnal, emotional love. It wants something out of what it's putting into. It's putting into some, some care here, some love here. So it wants something back from that. But the God kind of love, the agape kind of love, there are no conditions on that. There's no strings tied, tied to that love that I'm showing you in, in your life. So agape love pays no attention to the wrong that's done to it. Other words, other words that, uh, let, let's get in the family realm here. Uh, when that child is, is, they say, small, and agape love is dealing with that child, and that child may say, I don't love you. You say, who do you love? You know how we always try and get them, who do you love? And, and she'll say, mama, I don't love you. Agape love, pays no attention to that. That does not stop, agape love does not stop you from doing what you do for that child. It doesn't stop you from loving that child. It doesn't stop you from giving to that child. It doesn't stop anything. But, but the carnal, emotional type love will say to that child, well, the next time you want something, go see mama. Hmm? Don't come over here asking me for anything anymore. Don't, don't, don't. Uh, you know, you're going to have to say you love me for me to do anything for you. That's the carnal kind of love based on the agape kind of love. So it's not, see, agape love pays no attention to the wrong that's done to it. But it, it is not self-centered and it endures through everything. Well, see, it really takes you growing in that kind of love for when that child gets older. A teenager. When they know everything. You know, when they turn 13, they go through a metamorphosis. They know everything. You can't tell them anything. And they go through that thing and they come out this brilliant person that knows all about life, knows everything that there is until they're at least 20 years old. When uh, and the older you get, the more you realize your parents knew when they was raising you. But see, if the foundations are destroyed, well then the Bible says, what shall the righteous do? We have to develop in that a God kind of love, which is our foundation. We have to develop that kind of love. Now I'm going to tell you, it's, it's very difficult to love that person outside of the love of God. You have to have the God kind of love to be able to love that individual or any individual around you. When you say God loves you, you're supposed to be saying, I love you with the love of God. Now, some people will try to, and I'll get into this a little later. Some people will try to manipulate that out of you. They'll say, you've got to love me. Boy, I can't stand that. Next me, I just want to smack them. 
Don't tell me I've got to love you. God loved you through me. And sometimes I just, you know, it's easier to get forgiveness than his permission. Just go ahead and smack them. That's not good advice from a pastor. <laughs> okay, okay, whatever. Just delete that, cut that out of the text, whatever. Whatever you want to do with it. But what we do, see, selfishness only produces more problems in a relationship. We have to obey the Word of God as a Christian first, then as a husband and as a wife, as a mother, as a father, or as a child. And when you have successfully have a successful relationship with God, then you can have a successful relationship with others. Right. See, see the, the, the main focus here and the main uh, point here is that our relationship with God is, is, has grown and developed to the place where that we can have a reaction to things like God does. All right. Y'all didn't like that, but I'll try to say it another way. So that we can, we can imitate the love of God to an individual that, that uh, is acting selfishly. Now, I did not say that you do not deal with that selfishness. You deal with it, but you deal with it in the love of God, with the love of God. So when you have a successful relationship with God, you can have a successful relationship with others. Because the biggest hindrance, that have you ever met somebody that couldn't get along with anybody? When you look in the mirror this morning, did you see him? Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, but, but, but uh, there are people out there that seemingly can't get along with anybody. So when we, but the reason is they do not have a successful relationship with God. We need a successful, what is successful relationship? It's a relationship where that we are obeying what thus say the word of God. Success is based on us obeying what the Word of God says. Now, if you don't ever read it, you won't ever know. You have to read it. See, you, you treat, when a person is in relationship or married, uh, married relationship, they, you should treat your spouse as a brother or sister in Christ. There are two things. They are your spouse but they're also a, a brother or sister in Christ. So when you are talking or when you are dealing with this person, you are talking and dealing with spiritual minds. You're dealing with people who have been born again. You're dealing with people who are, have, are spiritually minded in the things of God. So therefore, we must treat one another with that love that you would treat a brother or sister in the Lord. All right, but, but eventually, see, you'll have to respect your children as brothers and sisters in the Lord. See, children are an assignment. Let me say that again. What an assignment. Amen. Amen. See, God gives you the opportunity to train them up in the principles of God's Word. He, gives, he assigns you, you have those children, you have an assignment to raise them up in the Word of God, teaching them the things of God. Well, what if, what if my children were older when we got saved? Well, then you start right there. You start right there. Now, when children, uh, there, there are stages that, that we go through with children. Number one is we take care of children. Good place, say amen. We take care of our children. Number two, we, they become a brother and sister in the Lord with us when they get old enough, when they become accountable for themselves and when they, they have their own, that they become brothers and sisters in the Lord with us. Our relationship changes. They, yes, we're still their father, but now they have a heavenly father. 
And now you and I, we become brothers and sisters in the Lord to them. And, and then later on, when, when we get old and they're still young, they take care of us. We took care of them, now they take care of us. Amen? We took care of them, now they take care of us. They don't put us in a, in a rest home somewhere and say we'll send you a card and, and we'll, we'll, get you a, we'll come by and see you, you know, on your birthday or on Mother's Day or Father's Day. We'll come by and see you then. We don't do that. We take care of them. The only reason that you should put anybody in, in one of those facilities is that they need medical attention that you can't give them. And that's it. If they need medical attention then, then that you cannot provide for them at, at your home, well, then somebody would have to help you with that. And then you, you should do that. But you should take care of them. All right, I'm going, I know, I know. Shout me down now. Come on. Amen. But Satan is using the same weapon that he used in the Garden of Eden to destroy families today. Look in chapter 3. Verse 1, Now the serpent was more cunning than the beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. When the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, with her and he ate. When uh, then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden, and the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Now, the Bible says here that Satan came in as a serpent. Now, emotions are the serpents that attack our minds. See, emotions are feelings on the inside caused by pain or pleasure designed to move you in a certain direction. Pain or pleasure that would des is designed to move you in a different direction. Well, negative emotions move you away from the will of God. Negative emotions. People have negative emotions. They get them from the enemy as he comes in and begins to whisper to your mind. I mean, he'll give you negative emotions about church. He'll give you negative emotions about the preacher. He'll give you negative emotions about the brothers and sisters in the church. He, he, will, he will begin to speak, trying to move you away from what God has got for your life. That's his, that's his, that's what he desires. He comes in trying to separate families with negative emotions because he's trying to get them to move away from God and not do what God has, has called for them to do. But emotions talk to you. See, you cannot depend on feelings because they change. They change currently. They will change while you're in this building. Some of you will come in one way and you'll leave another way. Your emotions will, will talk to you. These five senses that we have will begin to tell you some things. So the curse that took place in the Garden of Eden was the curse of being emotionally ruled emotionally, not word rule, not spiritually moved, emotionally moved. See, I was, I was being emotionally moved when Shay was singing that song this morning. Boy, when they first turned it on, my feet just started moving. See, that's not bad, that's good. See, that's okay, they are good emotions. But we're not supposed to be led by them. We're not supposed to let them tell us 
what we will do and what we won't do. Somebody said, oh, I don't believe in all that emotional stuff. I'm not very emotional at all. You lie. Everybody has emotions. Amen. You, you can, you can uh, uh, go, go, go to the traffic light and somebody won't go when it's 95 degrees outside and your air condition is broken. You're sitting there and somebody's in front of you talking on the telephone and will not go when the light turns green and you're upset. Your emotions move you to that horn. Hmm? Is that bad? No. It means go on, get out of the way. Talk on the telephone tomorrow, pull off the side of the road. But the light is green. Amen. Boy, that, that really annoys me. I, I, no, I don't. I, when the light's green, go. When it's red, stop. When it's green, go. Go. Get out of my way. Move. Sometimes I roll my window down and I shout, Move! Diana say, will you stop? I said, they won't go. Look at the tag. I would tell you what's on there. Some of y'all may have kinfolk over there. So. <laughs> you can always tell somebody from Mississippi. Now, I'm from Mississippi. That's the reason I say this. They ain't got nowhere to go. They drive like they are got nowhere to go. The speed limit's 55. They doing 30. I said, if you're going to get down to the beach, you better speed up because somebody's going to get your condo. Man, move. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what them people from Louisiana and Florida do. But they here. They are out there. Your emotions talk to you. See, that, that, that curse is to make you emotionally ruled. And sad to say, too many Christians are emotionally ruled. They are moved by their emotion. I can, I can, uh, uh, I better not go there. God gave us emotions. But they're not governed, they're not to govern our lives. Don't let you see, see, uh, emotion says that when uh, uh, everything is going good, then you and I can get along. But when trouble comes in, you let the checkbook come up short. Huh? Somebody's to blame. So, so we got to confront that other person that, uh, that, that's, that's to blame. That's right. And it couldn't be me. It has to be that other person. Though you didn't tell her you went by the ATM. <laughs> and they didn't know how to log it in because they didn't know you went by. You didn't bring the receipt by. So emotions take over. And then they begin to govern our lives. And then it causes a, a great silence to come over the household because nobody talks to anybody after that. Amen? And then before, before you know it, you know, about two, maybe three days later, things begin to lighten up a little bit. You're still not talking that much. Yeah, you had, did say, what would you like for supper and things like that. But about time it come to go to, go to night night, they, they eased into a place there called the bedroom and, and made things right. Emotions settled it. They, they, they had an emotional time that night, and then the problem was solved. Honey, the problem is not solved. You didn't solve nothing. What you did was you put it on the shelf, in the emotional shelf, and the next time it happens, you just watch hail hit the fan. Hmm? You watch, and it won't take long, and it'll take longer than two or three days to get back in there and fix it. All right, I'm going to buy this tape and give it to Diane. <laughs> you know I am, don't you? You know I am. Amen. I'll burn this one. Amen. <laughs> so what do you do? 
you deal with the hurt right away. See, words can pierce like a sword. Look in Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. Verse 18. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. See, words pierce like a sword. Hurt comes in like a serpent, and it robs people of all God wants them to be. Now listen to this. Hurt is based in selfishness. Listen to me before you get hurt. Understand, hurt is based in selfishness. Why? Because I couldn't have it my way. It's all, you know, it's all about me. I couldn't do it. It's, it's, it's based on selfishness. Why? Some people stay hurt all the time. See, do not use your hurt as an excuse to be selfish. See, some people will try to control you with hurt. See, do not try to build relationships on a foundation of hurt. See, what what are you going to have to do about hurt? You're going to have to get over it. Get over it. Don't allow that to, to come in and rule your life. Hurt will distort your decisions and perspectives on life. Hurt will make you bitter and it will prevent you from going forward. You hear what I'm saying? Hurt causes you to make bad decisions and wear your emotions on your sleeve. Hurt causes you to protect your feelings and not your future. Now you hear what I'm saying because people go around with this hurt attitude all the time. Oh, it really annoys me when I hear somebody say, I say, well, we're... Do you go to church? No, I don't go to church anymore. I used to go and I used to do this. I used to sing. I used to play music. I used to, uh, uh, I used to, to, to work in the church and sing in the choir and teach Sunday school. I used to do all that. Well, what happened? Well, I got hurt. Oh, my God. It's a good thing you didn't get hurt at the grocery store. Amen. It's a good thing you didn't get hurt at the doctor's office or at the pharma drugstore down at the pharmaceutical office. Good thing you didn't get hurt there. You would have never went back. Why is it just church is where we get hurt and never return? I had a man talk to me about his, his wife. They were renting a house and the church owned the house and, and um, they were supposed to give them a certain amount of time when, for them to move out when they hired a, a another minister in the church and so they give them a week they were supposed to give them something like six months notice three months notice I'm not sure but, but it was a real hurried thing and now his wife won't go back to church because that church lied to me yeah selfishness it's all about me it's not about what the church needed it's not about this was the time schedule that, that we're, we, things changed how many of you know things changed Amen. It may not can be that way right now. So, so we, we need you to understand this. Well, well, I don't understand. All I understand is you hurting me. So the wrong way to deal with hurt is by hurting others. See, you'll reap what you sow. If, somebody, if you hurt somebody, somebody's going to hurt you. I know people that just, they, they have laid awake at night just to be able to say something to me on their way out the next day. Mm -hmm. They want to hit and run. Amen. Makes you just want to reach and get them right behind the collar before they get out and pull them back in. Say, now let's redo this. But, but, But if you hurt somebody, somebody will hurt you. See, hardening your heart is the wrong way to deal with hurt. See, you cannot hear from God when your heart is hard. When we say, well, you know, well, they'll never get a chance to do that again. We're hardening our heart against that individual. Right. We're hardening our heart against the correction that, that they're offering in our lives. It says, so, so we don't, when we start hardening our hearts, then we cannot hear from God when our heart is hard. So you'll, you'll feel pitiful, and then you'll block healthy relationships out of your life. 
because you want everybody to think it's about you. It's about you. And you know, how many times can we go over this story? How many times can you tell me this story? Shouldn't we go on to something else? How many times are you going to rehearse what that individual done? And I'd give anything to hear their side of the story. Because a lot of people make it out to be one way and there's another side to it. And it's not really that way. And so, so I'd love to hear the other side. How long are you going to just keep rehearsing it? How long are you going to let that individual hurt you? Forgive them. That's the only way to get out of it. Is give, forgive them with the love of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hardening your heart is fear-based. You may be missing the best relationship in the world that you could possibly ever have by hardening your heart. Hmm? Children harden their heart against their parents. Parents will harden their heart against their children. They'll get to the point, I don't hear what you got to say. I don't want to hear anything you've got to say because I'm not listening and I don't care. Just go do what you want to do. Goodbye. Hardening your heart. Hmm? All right. Another way that is wrong to deal with hurt is pretending you're not hurt. Hmm? See, the Bible says, there's a scripture in the Bible that you have to be real careful with. It says, confess your sins or your faults one to another. Boy, you have to be careful with that. Because some people out there will, will have major, major, major ministry with your faults. I mean, they, when you confess your faults, they'll help you. They're going to confess them too. <laughs> They're going to confess them to somebody else too. You need, to, you need to be careful with it. But that's what we're talking about here. Get it out. Get it out. You need somebody you can trust. You need an individual that you feel comfortable with and trust them. But listen to me. You don't need a crying partner. You need somebody that can help you. You need somebody that's got faith enough to believe God with you to overcome that hurt that's in your life and get on and get out of it and go on away from it. Get clean away from it. I mean, you you don't avoid that person every time you see them. You just love them with the love of God and forgive them. Listen to me. I've had people insult me and they thought that I was so stupid that I didn't know they was doing it. Why? Because I forgive them for it before they ever done it. I just look at them and they think I didn't get it. Oh, I got it. You the dumb dumb. I got it. But I forgive you and I don't care and that's as far as it's going. It ain't getting in here. I'll leave it out here. And that's the best way to do. Love them. And just leave it out there. Don't react to what they are saying because you'll rehearse that and play it over and over into your life and and then you begin to pretend that you're not hurt and what this does is it puts you out of touch with reality and it invites more hurt or mistreatment to come into your life. I know people, I can see it in their eyes and I can see it in their face and I can hear it in their words. They're hiding it. They got hurt there that they won't release out of their life. See, hurt, what happens here is hurt turns to anger. See, when you're angry, you start to feel sorry for yourself. Amen. I can remember, you know, going to school, put this on a child baby, because it's really immaturity that that causes people to do this. But, but, you know, we go to school and and we, we, we didn't have anything. I mean, we was poor and our clothes wasn't good and and how all the other thing, and you know, there's always the rich kid going to make fun of you. Well, you know, if he made fun of us, we would beat him up. <laughs> Amen. You know, don't do it. And then, then, you know, why? Because he hurt your feelings. And, and he was saying something about your mom and dad, about the way they was, they was treating you and everything. So, so what do you do? You beat him up. 
So when you get grown, you keep that mentality. People hurt you, hurt them back. I mean, I'm, I'm so tired of people now. Right now, I'm in a, I'm in a big mode of forgiveness. I run into a, to a guy the other day. He said, boy, you've gained weight. <laughs> I went into a restaurant about a year ago, and, and there was a lady in there. And I'm, you know, forgive me. I, I don't mean to make this, but she weighed every bit of 400 pounds. I mean, she used to go to my church. She was big. And she, she couldn't even hardly, you know, there was more of her hanging out of that chair than in her chair. And then her daughter come in who made her look like a midget. I mean, man, she was, they were both. I said, boy, I'm glad I got my buffet for what they did. But anyway, <laughs> they said, we saw you on television. And, and boy, you look bigger. You look, now they use the word fat. I thought, who are you? <laughs> Call me fat. We went to our reunion in February, and everybody, TG and all of them, Kitty and Jean, they got these nicest compliments you ever heard. And here comes one of my cousins, said, you gained so much weight, I didn't recognize you. I may be fat, but you ugly, and I can lose weight, but you're going to be ugly all your life. I've not bought a bigger suit. All my suits still fit me. Boy, that's annoying. You know that? What gives anybody the right to tell me I'm fat? Think about it. Well, does anybody the right to tell you you got you need to color your hair or or you know you, what gives anybody the right to speak to anybody about their appearance other than to say you look nice? Amen. That old flesh, that old immature school spirit come back on me. You know you want to hit them in the mouth. <laughs> Made me so mad I tried to eat everything they had. <laughs> Hurt turns to anger. Well, see, when you when you are angry, you start to feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, anger turns inward because and it becomes depression. See, that's what we were dealing with the other day. Anger turns inside and it becomes. Depression. See, Satan's plan is to bring you down through negative emotions. Amen. See, we, we are, the Bible says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that we are new creatures in Christ and all things are passed away. All things are passed away. You refuse to use your pain as your point of reference in life. Refuse to use your pain. That becomes your point of reference of life. That becomes everything now circles the pain. Pain is the bullseye. And everything circles around it. You've been given authority to overcome hurt in your life. In Luke chapter 10 verse 19. See you can change because you are not powerless. You have the power to become and overcome these things in life. And with the word, you can become emotional, invincible, and success comes from within a person. I can succeed. I will succeed. I will. I am an overcomer. No matter what nobody says, I know who I am in Christ. I know who I am in God. And I'm going I'm to use that for the betterment of the kingdom of God. And say, with the, with the word of God, uh, love will give you authority over hurt. Get over it. You know, there's nothing anymore to me anymore uh, emotionally destructive to a, a person is that they have been abused when they were a child. 
See, they, got to, they live with that all their life. And to me, my personal thought is that's one of the, the most uh, demonic things that can happen to a child. Amen. To be physically, sexually, mentally, some forms, all of it, Amen. abuse in their life. And they have to live with it, not just one time, but they may have to live with it for years. But see, you have to come to the place in God. Now, nobody, you hear me, nobody can fix that. No counselor can fix it. They don't have a pill that can fix it. The only one who can fix that is the Holy Spirit. Is that you come to God and you become born again and let God begin to heal that inner uh, hurt that's been going on in your life and get over it. That's the only way. Now there's, there's, they may say, we've had success in this and that, and the only way you're going to get over it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you have to give your life to Jesus Christ, and you have to believe in Him, and you have to stand upon the Word of God and not allow that hurt to be your point of reference for the rest of your life. It'll keep you from becoming what God wants you to be. I heard the testimony of a lady on TV I was watching. I think I may have the video. I'll have to look back through them and see how that she had been through all that and that God had healed her and set her free. Now she has a beautiful family, a beautiful husband and children. And, but only God could have done That's what the devil was trying to stop was her future. People get abused like that. They... Their future is what the devil's after. He don't ever want them to become what God wants them to become. And they can just abuse them, be abused. Love will give you the authority over hurt. What do you do? You allow a strong brother or sister to speak a word to you when you need it. You allow them to do it. Be sure they're strong. Be sure that they they have a word in them and they live their life that way. Listen, if, if you got a problem with complaining, you don't want somebody else who complains all the time to pray for you. Amen. See, if you have a problem with, with uh, lying, you don't want another liar to pray for you. Huh? No, you got to have somebody outside that rim to help you to get out of it. Say, I can't get you to the top of the mountain unless I can pull you up to it. No good in me trying to get under you and push you up. That's not going to work. I got to pull you up to it from the top. Amen? Stand with me. Father God, we love and praise and worship you and we magnify you with all of our heart and soul. We thank you, Jesus, for the divine love and care that you've given us. We give you praise, God, and we give you worship, and we magnify you. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for our people that are here today. We thank you for those that that have heard the gospel today with their heart. And, Lord, that they are now ready to take control of their lives, Lord, and not let the devil be the the one who, who insists on that they follow. And, Father, we give you praise for it today. In Jesus' name. And while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed for a few moments, and I do that so that you can just look at your heart and don't be trying to look around and see who else has got their hand up and things like that. Just just meditate upon you and God right now. Maybe you're here today and maybe I have said some things that that you agree that that's what you need in your life. Maybe you've been dealing with some areas of hurt and pain and selfishness in your life and you want that to get out if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you know I, I know people can people can go through things in life that that are phenomenal in the area of hurt and pain people have divorces I know that divorce is probably one of the most unpleasant things that people have to deal with in their lives But still, we have to deal with it, and we have to overcome it. We have to 
let God manifest His love through us and, and declare that the devil never will again get his hands upon anything that we got. So if you're here today and you need prayer for any of these things in your life, I'd like for you to come and I want to minister to you just for a few moments this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. What a mighty God we serve. God is great. He is great. Come on, if you need to come, I want you to come. If you need healing, I want you to come. You need something in your life, I want you to come. You know, there's a, there's a song we sang. When he reached down his hand for me, I was lost and undone without God or his son. When he reached down his hand for me. That's what he's doing this morning. Amen. He's reaching right down for you the healing power of God to come into your life, for the Spirit of God to touch. You've not gone so low that He didn't care. I told you He cared. I told you He loved you. You wouldn't be up here, and God wouldn't call you up here if He wasn't going to do what He said He was going to do. And now He's called. I want the elders to come. Amen. Some more of you ladies to come and help us out here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise. Just lift your hands up before me. Amen. You know what that means? That means I surrender. Yes. Amen. I surrender. See, the first thing police says is, put up your hands. I surrender. The Holy Ghost said, put up your hands. Surrender. And now God's going to do what he told you he would do. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you praise and glory, and I magnify your name. And I worship you, Lord, with all of my heart and with all of my might, with all that is within me. And I loose her today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. No more hurt, no more pain, no more sorrow. Come on. The, the healing of her youth take place right now. The pain that come in in her youth. Loose her right now, Lord. Loose her and let her go free. The devil can't use that against her anymore. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Lord, touch her life. Touch her life. Let the power of God manifest in her life, God. Father, it's over. It's over. It's got to be over, Lord. Father, I know that it, it still comes up in conversation uh, with family and things. But God, Lord, give her the strength, the word, and the anointing, God, to speak the word that sets everybody free. In Jesus' name, loose her. Go free, go free, go free, go free in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Loose her and let her go free by the power of God. Let the word of God manifest. No more hurt, no more pain, no more sorrow, God. But let the joy of the Lord Fill her up, God, and overswim her in her life, God. In Jesus' name, loose her, God. Oh, Lord, let it be over with right now. Let the Spirit of God manifest in her life right now by the power of God. Go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He lied and he lied. Oh, Lord, touch her right now. Move in her life, God. Manifest the word of God upon her. Loose her. Oh, she Let her go free, God. It's over. It's over. It's over. The next time the devil come, you tell him you ain't got no time for him. Go in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord. I loose. 
I command every demon devil of hell, the one that comes to, to mess with her mind, to mess with her emotions, I rebuke him in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus over her right now, and I command her to be well in Jesus' name. This body is fearfully and wonderfully made by the God himself. And Lord, right now, I loose healing into her body in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Oh, Baba Sata, Edabo Shandalaba Katalaba. Yeah, and like being well. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, he's a friend. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> Come on. Make it right with God. Make it right with God. Make it right with God. Thank you, Jesus. Ha ha. Hey, hey. God is good. I'm telling you, He's good. He fixes things. Amen. He fixes them. Bless you, love you, thank you. Amen, thank you. Amen. Good, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless her, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Where I got hurt was in church, and it was no longer a safe place for me anymore. But God healed me through your word. Just thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God is good, huh? He's a friend. God bless you. We love you. Thank you so much for coming today. Amen. You know, the enemy is just, he's, he never ceases. He just keeps on keeping on. He Right now, he's probably talking to some of you. Right after I prayed for you. Right back there trying to reclaim his territory. Overcome the word that I give you. But see, you just, you just have to love God. You know, loving God's no problem for me. I'm not, I can still remember how it was without him. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Anybody that will love me the way he loved me and did for me what he did for me, shh. I have no problem loving God. Ooh, I love God. Thank God good. Well, won't you tell somebody you love them? And, uh, amen. Love you, love you, love you. For the next.